0: We're so glad that you're here with us, joining with us by way of online dreaming with us. And, and uh, some of you are watching it in the comfort of your uh, living room, maybe in the comfort of your kitchen. Just maybe you're watching it from the comfort of your bed. You haven't even got up yet. You haven't even brushed your teeth yet. But you're here, you're watching us. Uh, so glad that you're here with us. and, and um, here we are, week number two in our online services, and uh, you know, for some of you joining us for the very, very first time, uh, my name is Pastor Scott, and and uh, I'm pastor of this church at Lake Point. And this weekend we are celebrating 10 years, 10 years of Lake Point Church. And, and uh, yeah, you go ahead and give some thumbs up or a heart shape, and and uh, man, it, God has done so much, and. 10 years of ministry at Lake Point Church, and uh, so we're just thankful for what he's doing and uh So we're just uh, celebrating all that God has done for these past 10 years. Now, a uh, couple of things real quick. Um, this uh, week, we're gonna let you know about Virtual Life Group, and uh, we'll get emails and information out in the next couple of days and uh, let you know what's happening, and sign up for a virtual life group. You can be a part of a life group, connected with other people uh, in the comfort of your home, and don't have to leave. And uh, we'll let that out uh, probably the next day or so. Look for it in the email, Facebook posts. Just sign up for a virtual life group. And uh, tonight our LP students are meeting up at 7 o'clock, virtually, not coming together, but they're virtually meeting. And, um, and you can uh, look for Jonah in the common pastor, our youth pastor, Jonah. And Jonah gets some information how people can find out about how they can get connected to our student group tonight at seven o'clock. And then, um, and then real quick, I just want to say thank you for those who have given. Uh, so far you've been faithful in the way you have been given. Uh, so many of you drop off a mail It's been going online, and uh, thank you for your generosity and uh, many different ways you can give online and uh, so uh, you can do that you can also mail it to the church or drop it off here this week website or you can text to give 77977 that's the number you type in and one word lp give lp give no space and uh, you text that and uh, you'll get a link and i'll give you information about how you can give well, I want to jump in a message this morning, and uh, so uh, we've been in a series called When Love Speaks, When Love Speaks, and uh, we've been looking at the different words from the cross, from what Jesus had to share from the cross, and, and uh, we've looked at, in week number one, the word of assurance. Jesus gave a word of assurance when he looked at the, the thieves um, next to him, and he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. And then the following week, week number two, we look at the word of love from Jesus. And, and the word of love that he spoke to his mom that was there at the cross and, and his disciple John. And he looked at Mary and said, Mary, she's John, your new son. And then he looked at John and said, John, this is your new mother. And, 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 and Jesus, in spite of his pain, was looking out for others. You know, making sure that his family was taken care of and his fellow believers were taken care of. And that was a word of love and uh, just ministry. And I hope that you've been able to give people this past couple of weeks a, a word of love. You know, where you look out beyond yourself and, and look to help others and encourage others and, and, and show compassion like Jesus would have done, like Jesus did on the cross. And so last Sunday, we, we looked at the word of faith And we kind of step back from the cross for a few minutes and look at one of the last things he said before the cross in John chapter 16, where he says, in the world you have trouble, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And that was last Sunday, and we look at that. And today, I want to look at the word of substitution. The word of substitution, and, um, and this is where Jesus is on the cross, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as I was looking at that phrase, that question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And and I think about that question, I think about how a lot of us in this world right now, we're kind of asking the why question. Now God, why is all this happening? Right? God, why, why is everything going on bad? Why, why are people that I know that are sick or got to be quarantined? And why, why, is my, why am I losing my job? Why is this happening? Why is the economy, God, why? Why do you allow this? Now, or we might say, God, why? Why does bad things happen to good people? Now, why doesn't God seem fit? seem fair, uh, and we've asked these questions, and, and I know many of you have, I know I have, this past week, I know I've had several moments where I was, found myself in the dumps, you know, just looking around and, 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 and hearing all the news, and, 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 and I've had some moments to pause and say, God, I just don't understand. Why? Now why is this happening? Why is this going on? I mean, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the stock market was cruising, the economy was buzzing, and people were doing well, people minding their own business. And then all of a sudden, why? Why? And in fact, when we say why, when we ask God these why questions, we know we're in good company. You know, we look throughout the Bible, we see people like Moses. Moses said, God, why don't you treat your people as they deserve? Why? Jeremiah, the prophet, he said, why do the wicked prosper? It's not fair that bad people are getting rich and good people aren't getting rich. David, we see David over and over and over again in the book of Psalms. And we see this. You can't open the, the book of Psalms without him saying, no, God, why didn't you answer my prayers? No, God, where are you? God, why don't you show yourself to me? God, why don't you deliver me? Why don't you seem fair? Excuse me. Use my voice. (coughs) Don't worry. I'm all right. All right? All right. Anyway. So we we asked a question. that question just seemed to rock many people's faith. And it disturbs every one of our souls. Why do bad things happen to good people? And the Bible doesn't give us all the answers to that why question. You know, one of the things that kind of bothers me is when some Christians seem like they know all the answers, right? You know, they seem to have a an answer for every problem. Now you know when you know, God God got you know God got it under control. Oh by the way probably because you did something bad or probably because you did this you know or or maybe you're out of God's will. I mean have you all heard this? And we, we some people just seem to have all the answers. But hey listen the Bible doesn't give us all the answers to this really difficult question. In fact we may never know the answer. But here's what we need. We don't need to know all the answers. We just need to know the one who does. I don't know all the answers. If you're looking for a pastor who has all the answers, then you don't want to come to my church. <laughs> and in fact, if, if, you, if you go to a church, if you ever find a pastor who says he knows all the answers, then you're probably in a cult. So you've got to be careful, right? But, but I do know this. Even though I don't know all the answers, I do know the answers. I know the answer. His name is Jesus. He has all the answers. And the Bible, listen, the Bible doesn't have all the answers, you know, but it knows the one. It talks about the one that points to the one who does, who can give us comfort and restoration. He is the answer. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. You can join us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. Bible says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to catch you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. I want you to notice real quick in that verse. Just us hold that up. Right there, it says, Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to touch you. That is, don't, don't be surprised, the Bible says. Don't be surprised when pain and, and suffering comes, in, comes into your life. That's just part of life here on earth. And sometimes God allows Bad things to happen. God God allowed problems into our life and it's is part of God's plan. I, I know some Christians, say, oh man, you're going out of a, you're going through a tough time. You must be you must be out of the will of God. No, 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 no. This, this says right here in First Peter that you can be right in the middle of God's will and be going through pain, going through suffering. You can be right in the middle of God's will, and that's when we start asking God, why, why, why? And, and, and here's what I want to do this morning. I want to challenge you to ask a different set of questions while we're going through pain and suffering and trials, and I think most of us can say that we're in the middle of it. I think it's universal that we're in the middle of it, and I want to challenge you this morning but with a different set of questions that maybe I can help you challenge you through the time. And four questions I want to ask, and I hope we will be asking. Number one, where is the problem leading me? That's question number one. Where is the problem leading me? And God often uses problem to point us in a new direction. Because problems never leave us where they found us. They never leave us where they find us. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, I am glad I sent it. Not because it hurt you. He sent a powerful, pretty harsh letter to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians. That first letter was pretty tough. Right? It was pretty strong. I mean, he was kind of chastising the church of Corinthians. And so in 2 Corinthians, he said, I'm glad I sent it. I'm glad he gave you some tough words, not because it hurt you, but because the pain caused you to repent and to change your ways. It was the kind of sorrow God wants his people to have so you were not harmed by us in any way. You see, sometimes God uses trials and problems to redirect us, to redirect us. And we, we see this in the life of Joseph. In Genesis chapter 50, you know, we, we see that how it all come together. You know, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers; they couldn't stand him, and so they they were gonna kill him. But then they found an opportunity to sell him to some slave drivers that were on their way to Egypt. So they sold their brother to to the men. And they took him to Egypt. Now they went back to Joseph's father and said, "Hey, you know." Uh, you know, Jacob, that's his name said, so Jacob. We found we found Joseph bloody clothes. He's been gone, he's dead, and they've lied, and they lived this lie for many years. they betrayed, they betrayed, you know, Joseph. And Joseph, he has no idea what's going on. He's taken to Egypt, he's he, he's thrown in prison, you know, he uh been accused of so many things, and but before you know it, God elevated Joseph to a whole nother level, and he became the second person in command, and literally saved the world from a famine because God gave him a dream and told him that this was gonna happen. So Joseph, God used Joseph in a powerful, powerful way, and, and, and so later on, Joseph's brother seized him again, and they got reunited. And they were apologetic, they were so sorry, but Joseph said, man, what God used to harm us, what God used to destroy me, He used it to save so many people alive. God used that problem redirecting me for something else. What others intended to harm Joseph, God intended it for good. And I can tell you, there are people who intend to harm you. There are people that will intend to, to stab you in the back in this broken world that we're living in. They're planning to hurt you. They intend to hurt you, to bring evil upon you. But God can take that and somehow turn it into good. They can somehow turn into good. Another example is the early church in Acts chapter 8. They were in Jerusalem. part of the Great Commission, part of the the things that Jesus told the disciples is to take the gospel to all the world. But they were stuck in Jerusalem doing a great job at church, of doing church in Jerusalem. And so in Acts chapter 8, we see the persecution that came out. And the Christians from Jerusalem spread all through the land. And we see in verse number four that the believers who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. That means God used that problem to redirect them to another place. And so we have to ask ourselves during this time, where is this problem leading us? Where is it leading us? Here's the second question that we need to ask. What is the problem revealing about me? What is the problem revealing about me? Because problems don't change us as much as they expose us, right? It exposes us sometimes. Whatever is inside a tube of toothpaste, when you squeeze it, whatever's inside it, it comes out. And whatever is inside of me, it comes out when the pressure of life Happen? Now we like to say, oh man, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe I said that, I can't believe I reacted that way. I, I, I can't believe I lost my cool. That's not like me. I must be under a lot of stress. But here's the truth, that's exactly like you. It's exactly like me because whatever is on the inside of me it, it's going to come out when we're under pressure. It just reveals what was already there that I didn't know was there. Whenever you're under pressure, the real you comes out. And if you're constantly filling your heart and mind with the things of Jesus, and then when you go through the hardship of life, when you're being squeezed, you know what comes out? The things of Jesus. But when you're constantly filling your mind with junk or or maybe you're constantly filling your mind on the, that not maybe you would have called it junk but it's not the things of God for example you, you can you can uh, constantly fill your mind right now watching the news 24/7 and if that's all you're doing man when, when the more you, the more you feel it the more it's going come out you know but I, I challenge you hey, I'm not saying don't watch the news. You know, but I'm saying don't dwell on it so much. Instead, dwell on the things of God. Open your Bible during this time. Seek God. Fill your hearts and mind with the things of God. We can keep our cool when life is easy. It's easy to do that. When life is going good, we all, got, hey, we're even killed. Even killed. We could we could all be wonderful people if we're on a beautiful tropical island 24 7 a vacation that never ends. I mean, we can be beautiful people when we go on those type of vacations. Now, if it's a driving vacation, and I got kids in the back seat, I'm not so beautiful. Okay, it can get a little hectic, a little scary, you know. The kids want to fight, you know, and, and annoy each other. And, and I mean, I I don't turn it pretty. I, but man, when, when when the pressure is on in life, what really inside us come out? So I want to ask myself: What is the trial? What is the suffering? The pain? What is it really revealing about me? What is it showing about me? You see in Deuteronomy chapter eight, and Moses is teaching the the, the children of that's going to go into the promised land. He said the children of Israel, they're about to go in. He's giving them the final words before they go into and claim the land. They've been traveling in the wilderness for 40 years. He says in verse number two, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his command. See, God already knows what was in their heart. He just wanted them to see it. And, and they had to wander in the desert for 40 years so that they could see what was in their heart and how their character needed to be changed so that they could be the people of God that, they, that God wanted them to be. You see, God wants to show you and me what's inside of us, to see our true character. character. So what is this situation feeling about me? And when we start seeing that, then we say, God, change me. Change my heart from the inside out. Change me. Make me be more like you. Make me the, the think about the things that you've written about. I, I don't like the man or the woman I've become. I want to be changed, and, and God does the unthinkable. He does the, the things that we can't do on our own. He begins to change us from the inside out. Here's the third question. What is the problem teaching me? What is it teaching us? Now, when you were a kid and your parents told you not to touch the hot stove, what, what did you do? <laughs> you touched the hot stove, you know, and you had to learn. You had to learn. You know, you weren't smart about it, but you touched it. And sometimes you only learn by being burned or going through pain. And oftentimes, God teaches us through the pain and the problems. C.S. Lewis, he says, pain is the greatest teacher. Psalm 119, verse 71. David said, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. So my question is, you know, during the time of trial and suffering and pain and whatever we're going through, What are you learning through it? What are you learning through the pain? Here's the fourth question. How is this problem growing me? How is it growing you? How is it growing me? And I think if you can't remember any of the other questions, this is the one question I want you to remember. How is this problem growing me? Again, we don't always know why. Maybe, Maybe it's because we live in a broken world. We know that. Uh, maybe you brought it on yourself for whatever pain that might be. Maybe it's part of God's plan, we just don't understand it. Again, we don't always know the answers. And we can't always pinpoint exactly why. But, and here's a for sure, I'll give you a bunch of maybes. Here's a for sure, why bad things happening and how is the problem growing me, for sure. You can take it to the bank, baby. For sure, when bad things are happening, God is doing something big in you. God is doing something big in us when bad things are happening. James chapter 1, verse number 2. It say, Consider it pure joy. Pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It, it, it doesn't say to be happy about it. It's it a joy, and joy is different. Joy is deeper than happiness, because joy says, you know what, God? I, I may not feel happy, but deep inside me, I have a peace that you're in control, that you're in charge, and I've got that joy in my life. It's unspeakable, it's unexplainable, and I can have pure joy Pure joy in the middle of the storm, in the middle of trial. This is considered pure joy when you're going through a hard times, things you don't understand, things you wish that didn't happen. And then it said in verse number three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I love what the New Living Translation says. It says you know that when your faith is tested, Your endurance has a chance to grow. Again, we need to ask the question, how is this season of life, this trial, this storm, how is it growing me? And we need to know that God is doing something big inside of us, inside of you, inside of me, even even when we don't understand it. So when my daughter, Abigail, was 12 months old, one years old, she had to go to the doctor for her, you know, checkup. And we'd go in and, and, you know, Abigail, 12 months old, she got the, you know, we're bonding. Things are going great. She got the spiritual gift of cute. She's absolutely, you know, a- adorable. You know, she's happy. You know, we, we take her back into the room. You know, my wife and I, we we sit her on a little table, that little bed with the white piece of paper over it, and and of course the doctor comes in, and the doctor, you know, he's very playful, and Abigail's just happy. She's just loving it. You know, they do a little stethoscope on her and hear her heartbeat and, you know, and, and make her, you know, do a little hammer thing on the knees and uh, you know just check all her vitals and just very gentle make her say ah you know and she's just loving it and then it's time for the shot and, and have you ever noticed this that the doctor the doctor they leave the room they leave the room and, and, and they're never there for the shot they send the assistant nurse right they send her in or he was send, him in, and, and, and he comes in with this nice, long, big needle. And you know, Abby's just sitting there oblivious. She's still happy. She's like, man, this is so much fun. And, uh, and I know what's about to happen, and I'm trying to get my smile on and say, hey, baby, it's gonna be okay. And she's like, yeah, 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 you know. And, 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 and all of a sudden, that nurse, without warning, just, you know, popped that needle right in her leg. And that Abby, Abby, face. Just pause. And then all of a sudden, a happy face turned into a, 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 a real sad face. And, and, and then her eyes start to well up. And then, and then she lets out this blood curling scream. And it goes on for like seven minutes. And, and she's looking at me with big old tears coming down. And she looks at me like i betrayed her. And she said, Daddy, Daddy, why has he allowed it to happen? It's almost like what you want to say, and and, and I'm trying to say, listen, honey. It, you, I know you don't understand it, but it's for your good, and it's gonna help you. It can make you stronger. But she doesn't understand that. And, and see what problems that comes our way. We don't understand. We look at God and say, God, why? And God, said, man, you, you can't understand it. But trust me. I'm doing something big inside of you. Just trust me and, and I, that I have a plan. You, you may not understand it, but I have a plan. Romans eight twenty-eight. 28. It says, we know that in all things, by the way, all things, What what's the all things? That's the good, that's the bad, and that's the ugly. No matter what it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all things. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is working all things together for your good. For your good. And if you love Jesus, he's got a plan. And he's working all things for good. And and, and this is what I'm praying That's what I'm praying for you as we go through this season of the the coronavirus. As we go through this, here's what I'm praying at the end that we would say. I hope that at the end of it all, you say, no, God, I, I, I would have chosen to go through this pain. I would have chosen to go through that season again. But it made me different. It made me stronger. And I thank you for that. That's my prayer, that we will look back six months, five months, three months, however long it is, we will look back and say, man, you made me stronger. And in fact, I'm praying for those who are watching, and you don't know Jesus. And I'm praying that at the end of the day, that you will look back, at the end of all of this, and you will say, you know what, the lowest point of my life, the lowest point of my life when I was at my worst, it was the worst of the worst, but that led me to the greatest point of my life when I looked up and I saw Jesus. And I gave my life to Jesus. He met me at my deepest knees. And I'm telling you, God can use you. God can use this situation for your good, for your good. I pray that we look back and say, God, you made me stronger. I didn't understand it at the moment, but through it all, through it all, I found peace, and I found you working in my life. So asking God why, not always the right question. We can ask it, God, God, will, God will hear us when we call out why, but I'm, I'm gonna challenge you to ask these four questions. You know, where does it lead to me? Now, you know, where, what is the problem revealing about me? What is the problem teaching me, and how is it growing me? Now, we to take the rest of our time. I wanna pivot to Jesus on the cross. It goes back to his question that he asked God. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 45, it said, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I I want you to know this, that when we ask the why question, we're not alone. Our Savior on the cross, even he asks God why. Again, we need to understand that even when we don't know why, God is for sure doing something in you and doing something in me. He has a different perspective that you and I just don't have. And the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. His understanding is greater. His infinite knowledge is, is, and wisdom is more than mind-bending knowledge and wisdom. We can't even comprehend the minds of God. You know, I heard this illustration a long time ago when I was a, when I was a young man. And there was a story of a little boy that was on the floor at a grandma's house and Grandma was doing a little craft, one of those little kitchen with a knit, and on the front, you know, you see a beautiful design. But if, if you remember those, on the back of it, it's all the threads hanging down. You know, it doesn't look like much. It looks like a mess. And the, and the little boy, looking up, and looking at poor Grandma and says, poor Grandma, she's making a mess. Look, she doesn't know what she's doing. And so poor, the little boy, he gets up on the couch and to, to comfort grandma, to say, Grandma, you, you don't know what you're doing. It's okay, I still love you. And, but when he looked down from his grandma's perspective, you see, the little boy sees a beautiful design and a plan. You see, sometimes we look up and say, God, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? And God said, You just don't see. You don't see what I see. And it's all coming together. You see, God's plan is bigger than your plans. And He's working everything for our good. And we see this on the cross. You should cry out, My God, my God, why? And from our perspective, we look up and say, God, why do you do that to a, a perfect man? No, why, did, he healed people. He would teach them good things, he loved people. He never did anything wrong, but why, why would a loving savior die on a cross, on a criminal cross? Why? But we don't see God's perspective. We don't see it from God's point of view. I want to give you two thoughts about what, from God's perspective. Number one, the Father forsook Jesus because he became sin. Why did God forsake him? Because Jesus at that moment on the cross became sin for you and for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Don't ever forget that God, a holy God, hates sin. And wherever God finds sin, sin must be judged. Jesus became sin for us. He died on the cross in our place. He became our substitute on the cross. He took our payment. He took our punishment. Now, why did did God not look at sin? Look at Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 13. He said about about God, he said, "Your, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. You see, when Jesus became your sin, your hatred, your anger, your your adultery, your jealousy, your envy, your greed, your sin. When Jesus became your sin, God's eyes were too pure to look upon sin and therefore he had to turn his back. He had to turn his back on his son because he became our sin. Our substitute is so holy, so full of love that from God's perspective, when the world asked why, he said, i tell you why. It was done for you. It was done for you. And here's the second thought. The Father forsook Jesus so that we could be forgiven. So that we could be forgiven. That's from his perspective. We're looking at, him and saying, God, I don't understand it. Why do you allow Jesus to die on the cross like that? It's so that you and I can have forgiveness. He became sin, died with sin, was buried in the grave. And three days later, God raised him from the grave, clearly displaying that death, grave, sin, and hell had been defeated by the son of a living God. 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. My God, my God, why? And God would say, I did this out of love for you. And if you're asking why this morning, if you're hurting and you don't understand, Please never forget that God has a plan. Never forget God's perspective of the story. He is doing something. Your sin and my sin, in this story of Jesus had to be paid. Jesus became our substitute for punishment so that we could so be made righteous in the sight of Almighty God and be forgiven. First John chapter two, verse two. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Sin is ugly, sin is ugly, and salvation is costly. And it cost Jesus his life so that you and I don't have to experience the wrath of God. He became our substitute, and that's the perspective that maybe we didn't get it at that moment in time. But looking back, we can see God's perspective. He did all of it for you. Here's the rest of the story, and we'll be, with done. Jesus died on that cross. But three days later, when the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, he wasn't there. And because he wasn't there, we don't have to ask, no, why do bad things happen to good people? Just, my friend, This is the hope of the gospel. And and the hope of the gospel is this, that good things happen to bad people like you and me. And at the end of the day, no one is righteous. No one is perfect. We're all broken. But the good news is that something good, in fact, something awesome happened. To broken people like you and me. We have salvation. We have hope. And whenever you're tempted to say, man, God's not fair. You know, God's not fair. And I, I'm going to say this. I agree with you 100%. God, he's not fair. He's just, but he's not fair. If he was fair, he would give us what our sins deserve. But the Bible says, and this is the good news, that God does not treat us as our sin deserves, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has our God removed our transgressions, our sins, from us. And because of Jesus' substitutionary death on the cross and his resurrection, we don't have to fear tomorrow. We don't have to fear the future. We don't have to be afraid of death because he has given us salvation that we cannot earn on our own. He took our place so that we can experience life more abundantly in Jesus. So we don't always know the answer to life problems. But one thing for sure, we can know the answer and his name is Jesus. And we can have peace that can only be found in him. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and we're just so thank you, thankful that, for the sacrifice that you gave to us on the cross. And although we live in a world with uncertainties and questions and we don't understand why, We can have peace because we know the answer. And the answer has a name. The name is Jesus. We can put our faith and trust in him and him alone. He knows all the answers. We can trust him with him. Even in Jesus' deepest moment, hardest moments, dying on that cross, God, you had a plan. And that plan not only affected Jesus, but that plan affected all of us. And us looking up, we may not always see it. But God, you're looking down, and you have a master plan in all of this. Perhaps, God, I'm talking to someone on YouTube. I'm talking to someone on Facebook Live. Uh, you're here this morning, you're in the deepest part of your life, in your deepest moment, in the deepest pain. You're scared. You're like, man, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him. Uh, Today, right where you're at, I've always preached this. You don't always have to come to church to know Jesus. You can know Jesus wherever you're at. And right where you're sitting, Right where you're standing, you can ask Jesus right there to come meet you in your deepest need. And he'll come. Because he paid the price, he took your place, he took the, the pain and the penalty of your sins. And all came on him so that we can be forgiven. Bible says all we have to do is cry out, pray to the name of Jesus, and ask him to come to our life. Pray, you can pray, to can be simply like this, you can repeat it where you're at, you can pray this prayer and say, dear God, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve a relationship with you, God. I don't deserve peace in my heart. I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come to my life. Forgive me of my sins. I understand that you took my place on the cross. You took my sins on the cross. You took my penalty on the cross. So that the wrath of God doesn't have to be on me. It could be on, it was on Jesus. He took it all. He paid it all. And God, today, I give my heart to you. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for your salvation. In your name I pray. And I pray that this morning, wherever you're at, We've asked Jesus to come in your heart. And if you're a follower of Christ, I pray that we become stronger, that we start seeing what God is doing inside of us. We start asking God to say, God, I don't understand why, but God, show me, teach me, reveal about me. How, how is this going to make me stronger, God? I want to know and trust that God has a plan. God, I ask you to be with all of us here. Be with us in this next week, next month. Keep trusting, keep putting our faith and hope in you and your Lord. Help us to fill our hearts and minds with the stuff that you want to give us, your word. Help us to spend time in your word and less time in the things of this world so that we can be stronger